This is the American Artson Podcast, where our goal is to spark creativity. Whether you're a musician, an artist, a writer, or an entrepreneur, we're here to provide you with tools, tips, and insight from professionals and creatives that you can use to inform and inspire your own journey. What's up, guys? Evan here with a quick announcement before we jump into this week's episode. If you haven't seen already, we just released our winter 2021 merch line. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it on the screen right here. Um, And we have a couple new T-shirts. We've also got a hoodie, all themed from A Line in the Sand. And uh, you guys have been asking for it for a while. And so we finally were able to produce some American arson wall flags. Um, They're basically just smaller versions of the wall flag that we have behind us in the video for Unbreakable. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, you can go to AmericanArson.com and click on the merch page, or you can just check out the notes uh, below the episode, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're listening to this on audio. Uh, We can't tour right now. um, And so this is the best way that we can get some of our stuff to you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you're interested in supporting us, then, then go and and check it out and see if there's something there that you might like. All right. Without further ado, here is this week's episode with Chris from Fallstar. You guys want to see some new guitars real quick? Yeah. Heck yeah. I was staring at them behind you. (laughs) I just got this one. That's beautiful. It's a Dan Electro baritone. Which wow. is not metal to me at all, but it chugs like crazy. And it's a 30 inch, so 29.75. I love the black finish with the white on the yeah. outside. I know. I didn't know until I bought it. It's really super cool. Clean. It's cool. And then the, the fret spacing looks like a bass to me. It's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was originally built as a bass six, and this one was too. But this is a Gretsch. It's just like a oh, really wow. Unique. $400 Gretsch, but it, I tuned this one down to drop E and it just like wow. feels That's really low. good. Yeah. And You're the not pickups... the only one, Evan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what kind of string, what kind of strings, like what great gauge strings do you use? Cause I use a baritone light gauge strings, but on a standard scale guitar because my hands are small. So, Oh, um, I think this is whatever came with it. So like 68, but I normally use, um, shoot what are they like i think they're 74 or 80 i don't remember wow yeah so you're basically playing bass over there yeah <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you tune to if you're we tune to drop b we have a couple songs okay. in a but mostly b yeah b and can do it the tension's really good right there with with light gauge baritone strings um and a standard scale guitar I feel like the tension's really good. I, no crazy like bends or anything like that, but we don't do a whole lot of that anyways. So yeah, we don't either. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I can whole do next album. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We used to record everything on an Explorer, and we did a couple songs in A with, with that one, but we were using eighty fours on the lower, wow. and it just made no sense. I didn't know anything about scaling or like guitars right. really. I just started learning like this last year about guitars and I've been playing forever and I was like, oh, scaling. Duh. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the one thing that prevented me when we started this band from from going to a baritone guitar was that I uh, I just, my hands are just not big. I was like <laughs> nervous that I was going to lose like my ability to, to, you know, reach the kinds of chords that I enjoy playing and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I know. This is the only chord I use. Just the, just the one, just the one finger bar <laughs> chord. <laughs> oh man. Well, some of the new stuff sounds. Uh, it sounds. It definitely sounds drop tuned. It sounds heavy, and uh, it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's cool. Thank you. I could tell you guys Love have it. taken some influence from that, like um, sort of early 2000s kind of new metal vibe, that like Slipknot kind of vibe. Um, is am I am I not too far off base there, or is that is yeah that kind of closer? I wasn't allowed to listen to like Slipknot or anything growing up, and so I <laughs> got into them like maybe three or four years ago. I got into Slipknot, Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Limp Biscuit, mm. like okay. those four <laughs> bands. I just listened through their whole discography, and I was like, okay, these all have a similar like bounce type feeling to them. And I had come from a punk background, so everything for me was like the da 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 da, like that kind of bounce. Yeah, yeah. But then the 
these other bands were like the slower bounce and the, like a bob kind of and i yeah. see, i wanted to capture that i was like oh that's really powerful too <laughs> super like, rhythmic so. too like corn yeah. I, I don't actually think they actually play chords i think their guitar players in corn are just part of the rhythm section they're just Dude, like yeah <laughs> just belong with <laughs> the drummer <laughs> <laughs> I always percussive I'm, noises on the on the, I, <laughs> I I remember texting Evan before we we when we were writing this next album and he sent me he sent me a demo for one of the songs and we ended up completely changing this part of that song that I'm thinking of but I heard it and I was like oh my gosh because I I was similar I just got into like Slipknot over the past like few several years or so because I, I I'm a huge fan of their drummer Jay Weinberg and um and uh he's not the original drummer for the band but um for people who aren't familiar but um once he started becoming really prevalent with them I, I started following because I'm just huge fan of his playing and I remember Evan saying me that demo and I had just been like jamming Slipknot in the car and I was <laughs> like their newest record and I was like oh man I was like I just heard this part that sounds perfect for it like I'm like I, I've been getting a lot of I don't know about you but I've been getting a lot of like Slipknot vibes out of the stuff I've been been like thinking about for this song this part and stuff like that that's it's interesting that you say that because like I was the same way like I never I never really got into them when I was like younger and then like just over the past few years like again specifically for me over like with Jane Jay Weinberg and stuff but like just blew through a lot of their more Mm -hmm. more recent records yeah it holds up pretty well yeah so what made you decide to go back to um to fall star i guess after because i mean the last album was was 2015 and we are we're right on the cusp as we're recording this not sure exactly when it's going to come out but as we're recording this we're right on the cusp of sunbreather coming out and so that's like you know six years in between um and then you know you you went away you did northlander which is a totally different sound but what made you come back to the to the heavy side of things i was trying to write the next fall star record once future golden age was in the process of coming out so i was just starting to write for the next one and i wrote one song that was good out of 63 songs whoa that were horrible I think so I remember just like, you telling me that at some point. You yeah. You wrote a ton of songs. and Yeah. Just... Is that like 63 like songs that you demoed out or 63 like different ideas or full songs? or, or... Yeah, skeletons at least, okay. I would say. So not like I wouldn't count a riff as a song, but like a full okay. fleshed out skeleton. And then like maybe later if I go back on the skeleton, I'm like, oh, this lead will look good for this or something. But mm-hmm. usually not like vocal melodies. But I, I try, I do those on my phone and then I go through and then I match it to the music later. Got it. So, but yeah, 63 songs, like, and I write pretty obsessively anyways. So, but yeah, a year and a half into trying to write for the next fall star, and I was like, it's not happening. Like, I can't, I hate heavy music. I don't want to write anything heavy anymore. And I was just so burnt out on it and nothing was happening. Um, so then that's why I did the Northlander because I was like, I love writing all sorts of types of music and stuff. So. Yeah, I started with the Northlander and that was easy, like 12 songs, no problem. Like they all wrote themselves and it was like super fast writing those. And then I wrote like another EP that's like electronic. Like, you know, that video game Rocket League. Yeah. 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 So like all the music on that video game inspired me to write an album like that. So with singing and stuff. Yeah. So I have that done. I just don't know how I want to release it or whatever. Hear this. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I'm really pumped on it. Coming soon to Face Down Records. Yeah. (laughs) I would love if Jason wanted to do that. You know Jason loves branching out, man. That's why we're here. That's why we're part of this thing. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then I did a bunch of other projects in the middle, and then I was able to come back, and then the song started coming. Gotcha. So did you use any of those original ideas then, or is this all totally fresh stuff? Really, out of yeah. 63. Yeah, there's a song called Get Me Out or like Ice Agents. And that'll be, it's like track number eight. Uh-huh. That's the only one I kept from there. Wow. wow. That one could have been on the future Golden Age CD. Did like you, did like you write works. a whole new batch of 60 songs for this one or nope. was it cut No, down I probably wrote 15 and I kept 10. So, yeah. okay. 
it's just sometimes it happens and then yeah. sometimes you just can't do it so like right now i'm eight new songs into our next record because i've just like i'm wow. feeling it and i'm like yeah. i can't stop writing while i'm in the writing for heavy mood because it's the hardest one to get amped up for like writing ambient and like chill rock is like i can do that any day i never get tired of that but heavy is just really hard to get in the right headspace to write for it so i'm in the headspace now and it's actually working and i'm writing awesome stuff so i'm just going to keep doing that until nice. that one's finished and then yeah that's then, awesome. you, then you're ready to go when that when this album cycles you yeah know, done seriously and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like jason jason hits you up several months later and is like all right so what do we think we're actually here's the whole next record ready it's to go, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> we can put this out tomorrow that's cool that i mean the, the whole reason that we started this show was to kind of look in on on different people's creative processes from different creative backgrounds um you know we've had photographers on here and um podcasters and videographers and and then a lot of musicians because that's the world that we're in um and i don't i think that's the first time that we've had um somebody with that type of a process who, who gets on that kind of a role in a specific sort of area but then changes it up um, and, and then, you know, is, is refreshed by that and then comes back to it and gets on mm -hmm. to that role again. Yeah, that, so what is always, your, Oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Jess. I was well, going to say, would... that's always something that I've like, cause you hear about like different, just different writing processes for, for bands and, and, and artists, like when they go about like writing for a new record, you hear some people that take it real slow and methodical and like one song by one song by one song and they just perfect them as they go and then once they hit that 10 songs or whatever they're you know they have their album they go in they record or whatever and then you hear like people that will write like you were mentioning like just batches of songs like they yeah. get in those moods they get in those they have those seasons where they're just everything's coming to them and they just write and write and write and write and they might have dozens of songs and then they just go back and they pick their 10 favorite ones or the 10 that fit best or, or whatever it is um and you see some of those bands end up putting out like you know b-side albums yeah. or whatever later down the road but like you know it's it's always been interesting to me has that always kind of been do you go about that intentionally or like you said is it just it just kind of happens and then you're like oh well i got these you know few dozen songs now i'm gonna pick the ones i i feel the best about or have you always kind of gone about it of like you know what i'm just gonna write as much as i can and you know it maybe instead of picking the only 10 songs i have for, for the album picking the 10 best songs that i have for the album yeah, that's always what it is. Yeah. And depending on like how much I feel it, like I know if a song is a keeper pretty quick. And so it helps me move on or try and hash it out with a song for a long time. But, so what's yeah. the difference then between this batch that made the cut for Sunbreather and then the 63 that made you so frustrated that you decided to completely move on to a totally different project, at least for a season? I was just, they were like... I want to just like drop them in a Dropbox sometimes so people can hear how shitty they are. They're like, <laughs> it's just so uninspired and like, dun, 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 like stuff I hear in my head and I think it'll be cool. And then I put it in the computer and it's just horrible. Or like when I get in a mood where I start listening to music that's coming out now and then I'm like, oh shoot, yeah, this should sound more like periphery or oh shoot like they're doing this and then i can't get out of it i'm like well what wouldn't they do i should start writing that but then i can't think of what the antithesis of that would be and so then i just get like in these mental things of like what should i be writing or what would even the next record sound like or like and i'm just having all these ideas but they're not like good but i don't know what the difference is like i'm always <laughs> writing every day and like i'm always singing stuff into my phone like i can't stop with the ideas yeah. so like it's always coming but sometimes they're good and sometimes they're really crappy or sometimes it's just not the right time like i don't know why convenience yeah. of today's technology you got your phone on yeah. you like if you're you can be sit, driving on your way to work or like just walking around the grocery store and be like oh crap something just came to my head i'm gonna hold this up i'm gonna yeah. <laughs> sing into it hum into it whatever and then you got it saved so you don't forget. Yep. i don't know how people did it back in the day where they're like i just got this thing in my head okay i have six hours till i get home i'm gonna have to hum this every <laughs> every in 60 seconds yeah. increments at work for the whole day so i don't forget it like 
you know? It's like Ronnie Radke wrote that first Falling in Reverse album in prison. Like, how did wow, he man. do that? He just must have rehearsed it in his head yeah. over and over and over. I don't know, I re- it's crazy. I remember being in um, in the van. This is before I had a smartphone um, a, a long time ago in one of my early bands and, and having an idea in my head and yelling at everybody and telling them, do not turn on music in the van you're yes. not allowed to turn on music like <laughs> i'm i i have to i'm gonna have to go over this for like the next two hours in my head and then it'll be then it'll be good then it'll be in there or i was like thinking like i, I had a program on my laptop or if i could sit down on my laptop that i could program in some little midi cues of like yeah. with, with kind of the idea and I, I was just like playing it over and over and over and over and we got out we got gas we got back in and our our bass player like started the ipod and i remember just ah come on man you just lost the the idea's gone now just out of my head like it's just so funny like how archaic that seems now you know like jesse said driving down the road like oh cool it's just oh into my so i always tell my i always tell my wife like if she if she's like you know on my phone or something like don't go through those voice memos don't you dare go through those voice memos. You can go through. I know some people are probably she's afraid. Got, to, she's she's got stuff on you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She wants some you people to, are probably wants afraid you to, to clean uh, the house and, and right. you're not feeling it. She's like, actually, I copied over some of those voice memos. Right, right. Now. Yeah, some people are probably afraid for their significant other to see their text messages. Some are probably afraid for their significant other to see their bank account. I'm good with all that stuff. Just do yeah. not go into my voice memos because you're going to hear me like falsetto whisper singing yep. in a Home Depot bathroom while yeah. somebody's flushing the toilet behind me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like in the middle of the night, just always waking up, just doing really quiet voice memos. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just we're gonna have like, to insert those at the end i want either on the new next fall star or the next american arson record we have to agree to like insert those at the like end of a song like 30 seconds after the song ends like one of those little like hidden things just like a quick like five second clip of like well, people gotta pay extra for that <laughs> yeah, we'll, start, we'll start a patreon <laughs> we're, we're start a patreon where the only content we release is just the the demos from my phone dude i would love <laughs> to hear other bands so. phone demos like i would love to hear that That'd are, be interesting. Are, do, you, do you guys so do you write like we one of the things we always laugh about and we we've referenced it a couple interviews we've done but we've never actually like released any of them is we write like scratch lyrics like placeholder lyrics and they always are about ours tend to always be about pizza and and so like and and or about not having lyrics yeah or yeah (laughs) there's a lot of like i don't have lyrics for this part like singing that but like literally saying the words i don't have the lyrics yeah. for this <laughs> extremely <laughs> passionately just like yelling to the mic and i don't have lyrics here and i wish that i did but i don't I like, that I did. <laughs> but that's like then it ends up being like the part just you know with actual <laughs> words in there and yeah i was thinking about that the other day because i save all the demos on there and i was thinking about um one of our songs and how like so much of it stayed like, I mean, it, it's just so close. If you just twist yeah. it and instead of making it about this like emotional mental battle in my head where it's really just about like my my love for pizza. But like, I mean, the, the lyrics are like right there. Some of it's, them are even the same. It's, it's helpful, but to this day, I can't hear some of our songs and not like sing like out we'll play songs live and i'll have to catch myself because i'm going to sing about pepperonis instead of like what we ended up actually putting i'm like man like one of these days it's gonna happen i'm just gonna have that like <laughs> pepperoni and cheese line in my head and i'm just gonna yell it out into the microphone and if that just, was the cost gosh. of being able to play a live show again then i would take that in a heartbeat if, if we were allowed to play live music but you were accidentally gonna yell our scratch lyrics into the microphone i would take that in a second so. um <laughs> on on the note about lyric uh subject matter one thing i know we both wanted to touch base with you on and, and one thing that i know me and you kind of briefly talked about when we were chatting uh not too long ago was when SSRI came out um, and I believe it was the first single right from the mm-hmm. that you guys dropped um, and and just talking about the battle with mental health and I, I mean I think I know I'm not sure if I'm not sure if everyone really real maybe you can kind of touch on that what exactly for some people that don't know an SSRI is um, and how that might factor in but um, 
maybe talking about how that's you know affected your life um that the journey and also writing about it because it's always been something that i've it's something i've battled so deeply throughout my life that it's almost <laughs> because of that been hard for me to put it into words when it comes to writing sense um, yeah and even when i talk about it, it's hard it's so hard to describe so was was that something that you intentionally went in to write write about or did it just kind of kind of happen yeah it just kind of popped up like that song i was like oh this sounds good in here and like i i couldn't write about it like if it was like a super serious like burying my heart type of song mm -hmm. i don't even know if i really do that that much anyways in lyric writing but it's more like even the title is like ssr i feel better already like it's just yeah. funny it's like a wordplay yeah. like Not that's the way cheek, like the chorus yeah, yeah. Is a little, i was gonna say tongue-in-cheek because the chorus is a little tongue-in-cheek at least the end of the mm -hmm. chorus and it, 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 it actually the first time i heard it it kind of left me wondering you know what what the message was there um so that's that's interesting that you took that approach about something that obviously is like meaningful and and, and serious to you um, yeah like i can't talk about serious shit or like really difficult stuff without cracking jokes about it it's just like how yeah. i cope yeah <laughs> it's kind of also just funny to like talk about something serious in like a <laughs> Yeah. Flip it away. Well, I, I always joke like people like I have a very dark sense of humor like dark sarcastic sense of humor and I always like tell people like that comes from like one of the ways I, 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 I think I just inherently tried to cope with my battle with anxiety and depression over the years was develop like having to kind of joke about it or laugh yeah. at it to kind of make it feel smaller to me in a way which you know if you go too far in that direction it can be unhealthy but like you're right like it is kind of like if you if you take it a little less seriously maybe or, or, or make it a little tongue-in-cheek it, it makes sense that it might make it easier um but yeah that's that's an interesting because i think so many of so much of the writing you hear when mental health especially in like heavier music too when people write on that topic is which i think there's a it's very important but it's super like serious and heavy yeah. and just dark and and which again there's a place for that and it's it's mm -hmm. needed i think um but that was a different way to go about it so that was interesting to me yeah we, we're kind of learning like as a band like our delivery is just always going to be more funny like because like as people we're not like super serious like we talk about serious stuff but we like joke around a lot and it mm -hmm. like with our whatever kind of like we don't intentionally do this but like we used to try and be like more like um i don't know like more serious presenting ourselves and stuff and now like with videos and like if our kickstarter videos or whenever we do them like we just make them funny because that's what feels the most natural and like even with the songs on this album like we talk about heady subjects but it just makes more sense to like deliver it in a way that's maybe easier to digest like it could be like a really hard subject that could bum you out or it could be like if you add a little bit of tongue in cheek to it, it's more digestible to more people and they don't have to take on the weight of those feelings without, but mm. they can still like cerebrally like process what you're saying. And so it doesn't turn, mm. cause even for me, when I hear something too like soul bearing or something, I'm just like, ah, that's too much for me. I can't, I don't want that. <laughs> like, I don't want to yeah. hear that. And so like, I, I don't want to give that to other people who might be like me, but some people love the really emotional stuff and they just like bask in it and that's fine. But that's funny. Cause I, I'm pretty sure I just saw you uh, a couple of weeks ago, post a, a picture of a weathered vinyl that you just bought. Which is yeah. just so, yeah. so <laughs> the opposite. So you do have a piece of you in there that I do, likes I do. to bask in that emotional stuff because when we've got in uh, probably by the time this episode comes out, actually, we will have released an episode with justin um and they are Dude, experts, yeah. at bearing, uh, experts at bearing their soul for sure so yeah it's yeah. interesting i i i have seen and you know kind of have to ask about this because i have seen um not only with some of the songs that have come out um so far the singles but also of your previous stuff where you guys have definitely gotten some some backlash from people for handling some of these um you know quite serious topics either um, in a more exploratory or like experimental way, uh, I think of, 
King Laser, you know, and and some of the stuff that you that you say in there. But then, um, you know, we're going back and forth between a, a topic that's obviously a hot button topic right now and very serious. But then also, you know, just the name, the title, you know, and just saying, oh, yeah, this would be cool. Let's call it. I saw your explanation <laughs> for that. Um, and and so um, do you kind of expect and anticipate that there will be some people who are just rubbed the wrong way by that um and or or does that does that still kind of catch you off guard and bum you out a little bit yeah um um sometimes it i don't know if i get bummed actually i feel like i'm so used to being criticized like ever since we started like when we first started we were very like evangelical in our Mm -hmm. approach and then since then just no matter what we do a lot of people or a fair we get a fair amount of people that don't like what we do and dive Mm -hmm. very deep into why we're bad in some certain way or another so like when we were openly preaching from we were like pussy get down taylor swift or like all the time so we're just very used to being like Uh, yelled at and and like oh so you mean you got you got kicked back when you were openly preaching, you got kickback from yeah. those who didn't like that. Yeah. yeah. And then when you when you maybe took a different approach, you got the whole you're never from gonna the... make everyone happy. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Yeah. I feel very like ex- I I accept that if we're going to talk about stuff that actually matters, that it, there'll be a certain amount of that. So I'm I'm kind of ready for it now. But the thing that does surprise me is just sometimes the approach people take in their criticisms. I'm like, oh, I didn't see anyone being bothered because of this. I thought it would be more because of this. Ah, I see. So I see. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, we all kind of know that there are there was protests all over the country this year. But I know that the Pacific Northwest, where you guys are from in particular, has kind of had um, there's been a little bit more kind of endurance on, on some of those. And it's been something that's that's just persisted a little bit longer. Um, so is, I mean, is that part of why you, you chose to tackle themes from King laser or was that something that was brewing kind of already before that? I guess I'm just, you know, thinking about timelines and stuff. Um, and yeah. you know, we put out some songs, uh, that came out on our album that, that clearly had to have been written six months before any of the yeah. stuff happened and people were kind of relating it to things that were going on. So I just wanted to kind of see where you were at with that. It was both. Um, King Laser was definitely about this summer, but then, like, um, Get Me Out, that Ice Agents one was about like the border stuff and about like the Ferguson stuff in 2016. Okay. So, and then like in our Future Golden Age album, there was a lot about immigration and stuff. So mm-hmm. it just kind of, I mean, yeah. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah, and it it was. I was like started writing about some more of like the racial justice stuff like before the summer too for some of the songs and I was like ah, is this too much like I already have the get me out song mm-hmm. about that and I was like is it yeah but then stuff happened this summer and I was like oh well that's no just yeah keep, you got to address it do it yeah for just, sure yeah now do you feel like there's people who who gravitate more towards your lyrical content that might be either i guess i guess maybe safe it, it might be the wrong word because it makes it seem like it's uh you know songs where you're trying to avoid big topics or either safe or less controversial i know for us personally um we have a song called huddled masses that tackles um the remain in mexico policy and, and, the, and the camps that were um on the border um for the last couple of years um, that uh, Jason from Facetown is just c- consistently, uh, you know, just confused about why it keeps ending way, ending up way, way down in, in the numbers. Cause he's like, it's a super catchy song, a super catchy uh. song. And I always wonder um, if people gravitate toward a song like that we have like unbreakable. It's just kind of a very like, like it's more kind of a pick me up like... song or yeah, yeah. it's n- not necessarily like heart, lighthearted, but maybe more just less controversial, easier to, for everybody, you know, more universal that we all yeah. like you were saying of... earlier. Like if you're writing about those super heavy sub, Objects, like maybe there's not as many people that can get into that and they hear it and all of a sudden that verse hits them and they're like oh yeah i like like yeah I this is too much like you know i don't want to think about that right now i'm just driving home from work yeah. or something. right right yeah maybe. yeah but know. that doesn't come into your that doesn't come into your perspective when you're when you're getting ready to write stuff you're just 
I got oh no yeah i've one. never thought about that yeah. yeah i mean i know when a song's gonna be a little bit more heady and when it's gonna be like really light like that waiting song we did i was like oh this is a feel-good song this should be easy easy peasy <laughs> so yeah that's cool though man i love i love it i love it and i mean it's interesting too because we've gotten to see so many different sides of the album already at the time of this recording i believe there's five singles out right now um which that's a it's a newer approach but it's one that i'm yeah. seeing a little bit more this year is that kind of like a, a covid influence decision or is that something that maybe you're going to try to to go with anyways or what's the rationale there it was yeah it was a little bit of both because we were shooting for november to put it out so that would have been three singles okay but then jason was like you know vinyl is way backed up and mm -hmm. and he was thinking about um just putting out more singles for every release anyway so he's like let's just try like this waterfall strategy where one single and then it keeps bringing you back to see that first and second single and that third single so yeah i and i was really happy he said that because i my friend i have a friend um matt who plays in memphis mayfire and he said they're doing their next album in 12 singles so it's not gonna be I heard about that <laughs> yeah I saw... that. and isn't there like a um like a physical release for each single that's yeah that's wild that's crazy. Yeah. it's that's super crazy. cool like different but yeah. that is so wild yeah part of me doesn't like that because i like just getting the album in one piece yeah and, like, yeah there's Binging some excitement it. Yeah, binging it. Yeah, there's kind of like an a experience Netflix show, you know, when the when the whole season drops at once, yep. you just like mm -hmm. I I look forward to like, it, and it's something that's annoyed me if you're a fan like a Marvel or 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 Star Wars fan like like they've started dropping all their new shows one episode at a time yeah. each, each week and i'm like dang it like i have to wait another seven days to watch it because I, yep. I would i would get so pumped like in the same way with albums like when i knew an album was coming out on friday i would get so excited to get off of work that day and start my weekend by just jamming that album all the way home and then like yep. you know like that would i would look forward to getting off on at work and like running to my car to listen to the whole record like and that is like i mean it, it it's interesting because there's like that conflict of it makes sense the way online marketing goes and playlisting goes for these singles yeah. like more chances to get playlisted if you release eight singles than if you release two or like you know if you're doing something really like really smart like they are business-wise of like it gives you more chance to release merch and, and physical product. But there's also that part of me that would miss, like, like you said, just getting the whole album at once. So I, and that's what I think about for like the next one too. I don't know if you guys are thinking about that too, but I don't know if I would want to do 12, but it business wise, yeah, with Spotify, it just informs all the decisions we have to make now. So it's it interesting. <laughs> it's interesting though because I, I think you know when you sit down to write an album, like most for most artists, it's not just a collection of songs. It's meant to be, you know, a cohesive piece of. You know, I, I remember before um, Halsey, before her last album came out, her sending a tweet to people and saying like, "Please sit down and listen to it all the way through," because like there was like we agonized over, you know track listings and yeah. transitions and things like that that to us as musicians like it makes a big difference um but for a lot of people it's like i'm just looking for one cool song that i can pop onto my workout playlist and then i'm out at that point you know so it's very interesting from 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 our perspective we want our music to be heard we want to be on playlists you know but we also want to release like a, a cohesive like you know movement of music that makes sense all together and is an album instead of just a collection of singles so i don't know if that's if that's something that you guys wrestled with or continue to or or, or what yeah it it felt good the way we did it this time mm -hmm. so maybe we'll do it similar and not do like 12 singles i just don't know yeah. how i could handle 12's that. a lot 12 it's well, also you don't feel good until it's out like you're just yeah. always kind of like restless until the yeah it's like oh you gotta wait yeah you gotta hear this one for that to make yeah. sense but exactly they're, they're they're a bigger band than us too if we tried to do that people would be like it's march i'm over it yeah. that's it care. i'm moving on <laughs> cancel like, my pre-order i gave you my first three <laughs> answer the first three the sun's starting to come out now it's winter's you know, over i'm done with this. yeah that's true that is like a very important thing to weigh i think when making that decision that makes sense especially for smaller bands like us like 
Yeah. That would make sense. There is some level of hype that you would have to maintain. And that is a point where you can't maintain <laughs> hype anymore. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of, of this release, you guys are back in the Face Down family. Um, I mean, I guess you kind of came back into it with, with Northlander. Um, but uh, I know you had gone away and then and then came back. It was What kind of went into that decision of finding a label home and then ultimately circling back around? Um, it was just business. I think like, uh, backdraft didn't sell that many records. Okay. So we just didn't get another offer or another, uh, we didn't get picked up for another album after that. Mm-hmm. And then we did future golden age independent and the Spotify numbers that for that were good. Um, and so then what happened? Oh, and then we put out the Northlander album by ourselves. But Jason texted me, he's like, this is really good, man. And then I was like, oh, man, I'm glad you think so. You should put it out on FaceTime. <laughs> he was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Maybe we should do that. So we did that. And then um, for the Fall Star one, we had raised the money through uh, Indiegogo for oh, the cool. next record. And so then we were just like, hey, Jason, everything's paid for. Do you guys want to do like the marketing and publicity for this next record? And Interesting. Kind of, like, share the financial like uh risk i guess right right so yeah so it made a lot of sense and it's really great because i'm not good at label type stuff or like press or anything and they do all mm-hmm. that so it's yeah. really really good cooperation well yeah. and i can people are are really excited about it too um you know in the 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 face down um appreciation club that we're that we're both members of and that we 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 try to shout them out as awesome as often as possible because they support the heck out of us but they (laughs) are people are so stoked for as well they should be because the the singles that we've heard so far are are super cool and unique as well um you know like a song like waiting and then i you know the 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 heaviness kind of juxtaposed with the with the melody and all of that stuff too um i i think people are I think it's what people, you know, need right now too. Uh, you guys are tackling some, some topics that are important and 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 not shying away from it, and and I think that's really cool. Now I do want to on to touch on one more thing before we before we move towards some of our our fun stories uh, here. I wanted to touch on one more thing in the in the creation process of some of these some of these videos and stuff you made i feel like and tell me if i'm wrong but i feel like i remember i don't know if it was your instagram story or facebook or what but i feel like i saw you like post or maybe it was the band post like videos from like filming in front of like a railroad track or something yeah and like getting kicked out or something or like what yeah, so i got what? a ticket that day too no <laughs> yeah oh, and goodness. cody was like throwing up that whole day as but, well because i was gonna say first of all the videos have been s- sweet like the, thank you like from the start to finish and the whole like marketing scheme and color scheme you got the i love like pastel colors so like the pinks and the blues and same stuff yeah so sick but like Thank you. also like the, the videos are sweet, but I saw that and I was like, all right, what the, did you guys just up and like go to a railroad track by you and just say, you know what, we're just going to throw our stuff down here and film for as long as we can. And we weren't trying to get a train. We just, uh, that was <laughs> that like, was on accident? yeah, it looked, it looked like, it looked like you were like waiting for it to come. And then like, right as it came, you started playing and no, I was terrified. <laughs> I didn't even film it with my camera. I just like, was like, and I was yelling at Morgan. I was like, Morgan, no! Because I, I could just see in my head like a little bar popping down and just like decapitating him or something. I was terrified. Or like a but rock we, shooting up from the tracks yeah, or something. Like, so. He was so close to that. That was but wild. Yeah, we, uh, we wanted to film somewhere in the desert. And so we were looking on Google Earth and we kind of found a little area like two hours away. So we we're like, maybe around there we'll find something. But I was trying to get on the Indian reservation close to us, but um, and I was talking to them for a long time, but they just couldn't end up doing it with like COVID stuff. They have different yeah. types of rules and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he gave me some suggestions on where to go. And so we just like went out to drive around and try and find a spot. And there it was, we found a perfect spot, but it what, happened what to be area right is that in? Moppin. Moppin, Oregon. So two hours okay. from Portland, okay. like 
on 84. It yeah. looks really sweet. Yeah, it's really pretty out there. That's wild. I was like, man, they either got a massive budget for that video and hired someone <laughs> to get like a train going. Get a train. Them. Hired like, someone to bring a train through. Yeah. <laughs> so no, when, like... the, when the when the guy, uh, the conductor went by, he was screaming something at us and just like flipping us off the whole time going by. Oh, so no. I think we like really scared him with how I, close we were. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, gonna... so how did you end up getting a ticket then? Well, that was on the way there. I was just oh, okay. driving fast. Oh, and I guess I there was you like you're ice gonna... on the road. Oh, I thought no. it was like trespassing for being like in no, the rail um, area. Okay. They, the railroad company called the cops to come out. But oh, wow. we were on railroad company property, but it wasn't trespassing. So we got really lucky. Oh, but yeah. I wonder how that worked out. <laughs> I don't know. It was great. But yeah, and then I just film everything myself. Like I used to have friends oh, really? come out and film, That's but awesome. I'm like, I just got a tripod two tripods and then had my camera set because I film weddings. So I have all the gear. Okay. So and then I was like, Brian, this is how you hold the camera. So for my individual shots, he's just holding the camera. And then I, I like point a little area on the ground. I was like, if you go in within this circle, then you'll stay in focus. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the tripod is out. basically just a person who, who doesn't do the things you don't want it to do. So exactly. I mean, other than that, yeah. it's basically just a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a person who doesn't run onto the railroad tracks as the train is coming. to you. Jason a message after this. Hey, uh, I got an idea for a music video, but since Fallstar got a train, I'm thinking we need to get a like a plane. Like you need air like helicopter. Flying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> helicopter. Blue Angels. With the, yeah, yeah. Or those hotshot uh, firefighters that fight fires, but yeah. from the helicopters, we just Dude. want them dumping dumping buckets on us as that we're playing. That would actually be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, well this is actually a pretty good segue. Uh, we don't. I mean since the beginning of of this podcast we've been in these crazy covid times and so we started this little tradition of asking people for their favorite live music or touring or whatever stories i don't i think that's the first crazy music video story that we've gotten but uh i i i wanted to hear if you had you know any funny crazy self-deprecating anything kind of stories that would um make us all pine for the day that live music finally returns <laughs> yeah so i've got a couple but i'll say them kind of fast but okay. <laughs> oh, um, don't rush yourself you're good <laughs> one time we were in seattle and it was cody was playing drums for us back then but he's moved to bass since then so mm -hmm. jesse you might be playing bass one day um, but um <laughs> if, if evan can ever con convince his wife brooke to play drums then then i'll move to bass yeah for some reason i happen. thought when i started this band i thought i could maybe just tell my wife that she had to play drums and she was gonna learn how to play drums and that that would work even though she's for real never played an instrument <laughs> in her life and she was like why would i do that i've never played an instrument in my life why would i do that and i, thought, yeah, I don't know i just had it in question. my head that like it would work I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Um, we were in Seattle for, and it was Cody turned 21. And we got drinks and everything for his 21st birthday. And it was awesome. And then we were outside of the, I think we were at like a bowling alley or something where you could drink. And then we met these homeless dudes. And we were having an awesome time. We ended up talking with them for like an hour. And we went to like a convenience store. And we were drinking like 40s on the curb and just smoking <laughs> cigarettes. And then... Um, I don't know what happened, but one of the dudes was in a wheelchair and he's paralyzed from the waist down. And I don't remember what it was, but I just hear this, woo! And Brian's sitting on this dude's lap on his wheelchair. They're just tearing down the hill and they're both just screaming. No! <laughs> so funny! No. Was this was was this a consensual commandeering yeah. of wheelchair guys? Like he was like, a, let's he do was it. Like into this, it. Yeah, like, they were both like this into is it. A, like this is a sledding hill, basically. Like Brian and the dude hit. just thought it would be a good idea, so they're just like screaming, oh. tearing down the hill on this wheelchair. Yeah, I, mean, I just feel like that's so something funny. out of one of those like bad grandpa or jackass movies. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. They uh, were super cool dudes, and then we just went back. Do they to have place. Do, do they have brakes? Are there brakes? Yeah, on, like handbrakes on wheelchairs that you can. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that you that's sure. probably the number one way to faceplant would be to pull the handbrake on a wheelchair. Yeah. On a hill, but oh man, <laughs> but Seattle's all steep and stuff. No broken bones or anything no, like was, that. No falls. It was a and... really good night. It's right. just one of the weirdest things. Just like turn around and then just like, <gasps> oh, yeah, my especially God. somebody that you just met. Like, yeah, let's yeah. go for a ride on your wheelchair down this hill. Yeah. <laughs> oh and man. And then I had two more, and they're more just like kind of surreal ones, but like 
We played Cornerstone 2012. Hey, I, I did too with my old band. That, that was, was the last one, right? Uh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. So. We, were, we were called yeah. Good Luck Varsity. Good Luck Varsity. Okay, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah that yeah, we were very was... big. So, but yeah, yeah I we just were... remember. I always remember 2012 because it was the last one. I went to a bunch of them, but that one always, uh, yeah, it was the last one. And it was 8 million degrees the entire time. So, dude, it was but, horrible. I thought yeah, I was going to pass out so after hot. our set. Like, once we all finished, we're just like trying to pull off our jeans, but they're like stuck to our pants. Yeah. We're just <laughs> sitting there in our boxers, no shirt, no pants, right after we finished the set. But like, I thought I was going to pass out. It horrible. was a very hot one. But anyway, so you're at Cornerstone. Cor- Cornerstone didn't want you to play in just your boxers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we we were playing a set. We were with Come and Live back then. Do yeah. you remember? Do you ever yeah. yep. do you, I have their tattoo? I need to get oh, it covered nice. up. Oh, cool. But, but yeah. But um, we were playing the Come and Live tip. And um, Chad told us later that Stephen Christian came in from Amberlin and yeah, he Amberlin. watched our set. And he's like, who are these guys? They're great. And he was like, for Star. And then he went and bought a CD. And then he asked us to come play these tom drums with them on stage when they played their set later that night. Okay. And that was really cool because I love Anne Berlin. Yeah. I love all that. I've seen them anytime they come to Portland. So that was like kind of surreal and kind of cool. No, that's interesting. We don't normally, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Maybe we should start like, we need to start like categorizing like, okay, give us one like self-deprecating, like funny, just ridiculous <laughs> story, but then give us like one of your cool, like mm-hmm. surreal moments from your music career too, for like, at least for like maybe the musicians that we, we talk to. Cause that is, that, that's a wild moment. Like, yeah. <laughs> heck, if, if Steven Christian walked up to me and was like, can you play? I would be like, I don't know if anything would come out of my mouth. I'll just yeah. It's like yeah, of course. I'll play, it was like I'll our play first the toms. Year. I have a video on my phone of me playing the toms. If you want to see me playing the toms, and <laughs> this is my show, I can show you. That do you want me? Do, do you want me to go can, get my tom? I can. Yeah, I know I'll a guy get named my tom. tom. I'll show you on my tom. I have the sticks. The sticks that you hit the tom with. I have those. I, I'm I have, ready, sir. I, I bought some at Hard Rock Cafe when I was 12 years old, and oh, we went there, God. and they have the flames on them. I could get those are at home, There's six hours away, but I can go and get them. Or yeah, guitars. I will. Yes, Stephen Christian. I will play toms on the stage. That's what you asked me, right? We just kind of thought it was normal. It was like our first cornerstone, I think. We just thought like that's what you do or something. Maybe that right, was right. what it was. Because like everybody's so close, and you're just like meeting all these new people, and yeah, that's that was wild. cool. That's I hope they do bad. another cornerstone one day. You know what? The spirit, the spirit of Cornerstone is very much alive in audio feed. If you ever, if you ever want to kind of feel that Cornerstone vibe, come and do audio feed because um, it, it was a lot of fun and it felt it's a, a lot. Time. Obviously, it's not the exact same, um, but it's uh, the it's it's people who um, remember Cornerstone feel fondly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's people who uh. remember Cornerstone fondly, trying to kind of recapture that energy and and doing it in a really cool way and and people camping out and people getting blown away you know by a thunderstorm while they're still inside their tent you know all the stuff that happened at cornerstone so. <laughs> and watching uh watching uh uh flatfoot play as as bigfoot yeah 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 flatfoot 56 always closes it out just like they just like they did at cornerstone they always do like a theme show so Uh, okay Um, yeah when we when we were there last i did it was uh bigfoot and the hunter bigfoot versus the hunters um and yeah it was it was great but yeah you guys you guys should come out sometime there's always a there's always a big face down contingent there too so they'll put us where is it on one night it's in illinois not far actually from from where not quite as far into the sticks it's in urbana champaign area whereas cornerstone obviously was like in the middle of nowhere but um, okay but i mean I, i would say just a couple hours from where cornerstone was always held so Dude, that would be fun but yeah, yeah. come on out man I'm any sure live music would be fun man yeah. like i'm i look forward to the day like it was we got because we we signed <clears throat> with face down like the the year like a year or so like a full year and a half or so before this happened but we hadn't had a chance to do like much touring between when we signed put out the ep and then like got through i think we maybe had one full like festival season as a part of face down um and and so like man it's gonna be so much fun and then face down fest was the last thing we played before 
everything shut oh, down. Shit. It was literally days before everything shut down. Yeah, it um, was days. And and so like I, I just really look forward to the day. Like, I mean, we've been chatting with 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 you now and like, you know, Shane and Aaron from everything in slow motion and a bunch of the our, our face down family and stuff. And it's just gonna be so like it's going to be so satisfying when we all get to hang and just play some yeah. festivals together and, and jam and, and just have a good time, like just be together again, man. That's super, super sappy and corny to say, but I don't even care. Like, man, that it's, that's one thing I think we, we, we enjoy about, um, I guess if there's been any blessing in disguise about this whole thing, it's being able to like do this, you know, mm-hmm. hang out and chat for an hour with, with people we haven't really gotten to connect like we maybe would have at, at a festival or something like that. And, yeah. and just look forward to what's, what's to come and, and talk about what we're doing now. And, and, uh, and yeah. And I mean, to, to kind of bookend that um, for those of you uh, who are listening and want to check out Chris uh, and Fostar's stuff, uh, Chris, where can people find both you um, and then like Fallstar on social media or where's the best place to find you guys and, and check everything out as you get ready to release this record. Yeah. Um, everything Fallstar is at Fallstar Music. So Facebook and Instagram. And then I think Twitter is Fallstar777, but it's just like a refeed of everything we post from Instagram. Got it. Cool. Um, and then at Northlander Music for everything else, like Instagram and stuff. And then um, we have a we traveled with one of our friends for a lot of like when we were touring a ton and his name is Jameson. He's like a music journalist. So he writes for a bunch of different uh-huh. publications and stuff. And he's writing a book about just like tour stories and like really funny experiences of him just interviewing everybody. Cool. But awesome. a lot of those experiences like are of us on the road together and just <laughs> awesome. seeing weird stuff. And so that yeah. book is called name dropping book. So I, I wanted to mention that for him and that's coming Absolutely. out really soon. And he's a really good writer. So and when, it, when is that coming out? Well, it was supposed to come out last fall, but with COVID, I think it's maybe this summer. I'm okay. not sure, but okay. name dropping book. Okay, cool. Yeah. Send we'll me post... a, send me a link and we'll post it. If, yeah. if there's a link to any pre-orders or anything like that, and we'll post it in the show. For those of you stuff. watching cool. on yeah. YouTube, all the links will be down below. For those of you listening on another app, uh, if you want to find those links, you can head over to YouTube and they'll be there. Or, or just go to the show notes. Show notes on your on your app. Show notes choice. and and we'll make sure to link everything so you guys can check out Fall Stars new stuff and and find that book when it drops. Awesome. Chris, thank yeah. you so much for being with us. This was a lot of fun and, and we're looking forward to the day we can see you in person, man. Yes. I'm looking forward to that too. Thank you guys for talking. That's great. Thanks for, yeah, for sure. Awesome. For time. sure. All right. Check out Sunbreather if you haven't already, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the American Arson podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a positive comment or review. Connect with us online through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter, and check out AmericanArson.com for music, merch, and upcoming tour dates. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, stay inspired, stay positive, and keep creating.